everyone. Welcome back to An Opera Ghost. This week's episode is going to be much more serious um, than other episodes before it. Um, If you read the title of the episode, which you probably did, and if you've been on social media and all that good stuff in the last maybe two weeks or so, you might have some idea of what it's going to be about based on the title. Um, Now, I wanted to wait a week. I could have done this episode last week, but I wanted to wait a bit before I talked about this because, number one, I wanted to sort of get my thoughts together because I personally never feel like it's a good thing to just sort of turn on a camera or, you know, a microphone or something and just start talking. Um, You know, I like to sit down and sort of figure out how I want to address something that's more serious. But also, I also waited because I wanted to see if there was going to be any statement put out in response to it, which there was eventually. Um, So, sort of context. This concerns Cameron McIntosh, who is the producer of many shows, including Phantom, Les Mis, Miss Saigon, you know, very big shows. He's, you know, arguably, you know, one of the biggest producers in musical theater right now. Um, and it, it, this episode concerns his comments on trans actors and sort of their place in theater. Now, before I start talking, this episode is not meant to like cancel quote unquote anyone, um, or bring up anything unnecessary. First of all, I don't think I even would have the place to cancel him because I myself am not trans. Um, but also, I don't think it's something unnecessary to bring up because it's, I'm simply talking about something that I and others think is problematic towards an entire group of people. So I think it's necessary to have this conversation. So, getting into it, for anyone who might not know, for context, on August 7th, Cameron McIntosh gave an interview with The Telegraph, um, and what I find is sort of interesting is that no one really sort of picked up on it or really noticed the article, including myself, until maybe like two weeks ago now, a week and a half, which was about three weeks after this interview was given. So, basically, um... Now, if you search up, you know, Karen McIntosh um, and you go under news like on Google, you'll probably see the article and other articles about this. Um, But to summarize, because I'm not going to obviously read the whole article, um, but to summarize, the article says that McIntosh feels that shows shouldn't be rewritten for trans actors, that it would damage storylines and the integrity of the show, and that it's gimmick casting. Um, it also says, the article, that Macintosh wouldn't support a transgender leading lady in Mary Poppins, which is um, another one of his shows in London that he produces. Um, he wouldn't have a transgender leading lady in Mary Poppins because the original story is, quote, not about that, that was not the story of that family. Now, here is uh, my opinion. Um, First off, he does mention in the article that new shows 
and new um, composers, writers, whatever, should try and incorporate trans stories. I do agree with that because there are many plays and musicals that just don't deal, you know, that don't have trans stories in there. Um, However, if producers like Karen McIntosh do not let trans people have the same chance to be in their shows as everyone else, it limits an entire group of actors to only one aspect of theater. So what I gathered from the article was that Karen McIntosh rather would have trans actors be in musicals and plays about, you know, that tell trans stories, which they should be. But at the same time, you can't then say, oh, well, then trans people, you know, they can't be in the more classic shows like King and I or Sound of Music or Phantom or Lame Is. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the stories themselves don't change. There's a difference between having a trans actor play a part and having a trans story being told in a show or a play. Just because you have a trans actor in a role doesn't mean that that character that they're playing is now trans. So, you know, um, also, you know, speaking of gimmicks, Karen McIntosh... Oh my god, I can't talk. Cameron McIntosh's shows have gimmicks in them, technically. You know, you have a helicopter in uh, Miss Saigon. You have a falling chandelier in Phantom. You have a flying nanny in Mary Poppins. Human people in the real world are not gimmicks. Props and fictional characters, all that stuff, they can be gimmicks, but human people in the real world are not gimmicks and should not be treated as such. Now, he did also say, I believe, that casting someone who is trans that doesn't have the talent is gimmick casting. And that, I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, I agree with that because you should be casting someone based on talent and on skill. But if the best person in that audition room happens to be trans, they should get the role without any other prejudices or something like that um you know also putting this out there Karen McIntosh currently has a black woman starring as Christine Daae in London and you know Christine in the real world probably would not have been a black woman considering you know she's Swedish and she's you know leading an opera company would she have been a white woman you know most likely. Um, But again, theater allows you to suspend reality. She does the role well, and that's what matters. And, you know, there's a black woman in Phantom. The show itself did not have to be rewritten for her. There is, um, on Broadway, there is a trans woman playing Madame Marble. The role did not have to be rewritten. The show did not have to be rewritten. Um, If a trans person has the best talent, they should get the part. Just because a trans person is in a part does not mean that the story changes, has to be rewritten. It it just doesn't. (laughs) It really doesn't. Um, And someone who uh, talked about this in a tweet that I saw, Carrie Hope Fletcher, who is quite close to Cameron McIntosh, so it was nice to see people who are in his shows and who know him speaking out because you know let's be honest Cameron McIntosh is a very big producer 
And some actors might not feel comfortable speaking out against something he says because if they're working for him, they don't want to, you know, risk a job in the middle of a pandemic. Um, So it was nice, though, that actors were, you know, they felt comfortable enough to say, hey, you know, this isn't right. Um, But Carrie Hope Fletcher in a tweet, she basically said, you know, sometimes producers or casting people, they sometimes get the wrong impression that if you hire a trans actor, then that suddenly changes the story. Now, he did release a statement, Cameron McIntosh, in response to that, and he, you know, he apologized, um, and, you know, he said that what he said wasn't what it seemed, and it was sort of taken out of context. And listen, I know, I think we all know, that in this digital age, um, texts can often be taken out of context very easily. But as a big producer who's been around for years and years and years, and, you know, I would hope by now would know that his words do carry some weight to them, I would think that by now he would sort of know how to put his words so that they are as clear as possible to what he wants to convey, um, good or bad, because, you know, it's not like he's like a newbie, you know, he knows that, oh, if I say this, it could get misconstrued. Um, so, you know, I I would think that maybe he would have learned how to do that by now. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Now, I do have to mention that this is not the first time that he's come under fire for, you know, things in this realm. Um, I believe when Miss Saigon transferred to Broadway, um, I think it was probably Actors' Equity, you know, because they do all that stuff. They were like, wait a minute, you know, because Cameron McIntosh, you know, he wanted Jonathan Price to be in the show, even though he's not Asian, um, but he wanted him to be in the show, and so I believe it was Actors Equity who said, wait a minute, you can't do yellow face on stage, and you can't alter Jonathan Price's eyes to look, you know, stereotypically Asian or whatever, um, and I believe at the end of that, they got rid of the yellow face, but Jonathan Price did star in it, and they did, you know, the stereotypical Asian look with the eyes and all that. Um, I believe Karen McIntosh, he did apologize for that and he said that he regretted it, but I don't think it was until many, many, many years later. Um, you know, also, you know, there's been the restage tour, which isn't the same as this because that's just sort of, you know, changing a show. It's not, you know, being offensive to people. I mean, it's sort of offending the original show, but it's not being, like, offensive to actual people. But, you know, the Resage Tour, you know, it was cheap in its ways. You know, I'm just, I'm being honest here. I'm being blunt in my own opinion. Um, And, you know, more recently, there's been, you know, the comments that he made on musicians when he cut the orchestra for Phantom in London. And he said, I'm sorry that they feel this way. But you know, why would musicians want to 
keep playing the same thing every night and it sounds just as good. You know, some insensitive comments. So this isn't the first time that he's been under fire for, you know, making comments that probably should have been worded much, much, much differently. Um, you know, of course, they vary on different levels. Um, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I-, I would hope that, you know, going forward, he maybe learns how to form his comments in a better way. Um, another thing, I personally don't care for the fact that his apologies seem to be sort of put on others, meaning that he says, like, in his um, apology for uh, this that was that came out earlier this week, late last week, I forget at this point, but in his apology, he says, I am very sorry for any distress caused by my remarks being misinterpreted. Like, that's a quote. And he also says, you know, his answer was misrepresented, misinterpreted. Now, whether that is or isn't true, because I don't know what's going on in his brain and how he meant it to come out, whether that is or isn't true, there doesn't seem to be any true accountability. He doesn't say, yes, what I said was wrong. I know it offended people and that's not what I intended, but that's how it came across. And for that, I'm sorry. And I messed up. You know, even when he's talking about cutting musicians, he only says that he was sorry the musicians felt bad and that, you know, it's not that he felt bad for having to cut them and here was my reasons why. Or, you know, with, you know, this whole, um, you know, this whole trans, you know, casting situation right now. He says, you know, he's sorry for how his remarks were misinterpreted and misrepresented. So he himself doesn't, just by going by that alone, Cameron McIntosh doesn't seem like he's truly apologizing for what he did and how his words affected people. He's apologizing for what others did with his words. You know, if that, if that makes sense, you know, um, but listen, in the end, I think actions will speak louder than words in this case. He said in his apology statement that trans actors are welcome to audition for his shows, but whether they will be cast or not, I think is something that we will have to just wait and see. And, you know, this is, you know, public knowledge. I'm not outing him or anything. Um, But Karen McIntosh is part of the LGBTQ plus community. He is gay. Um, And so, you know, it surprised me that he could say words that would really sort of alienate an entire group of people that is part of his community. Um, So, you know, I truly hope that he realizes the weight that his words carry and that he just sort of opens his eyes and, you know, sees that, you know, whether he meant it or not. I think he has to sort of realize that, hey, you know, I did really mess up here, you know, and I have to sort of take true accountability for that. Um, Now, I did see on Twitter that there were people, you know, when they were talking about this, there was a hashtag started. It was hashtag not a gimmick, which is what I titled this. Um, 
I did see on Twitter that there were people asking how they could support trans actors during this because if anything, I mean, I I wish it didn't have to happen, but if anything, I think this sort of served as a reminder for people that, hey, you know, trans actors do exist. You know, oftentimes, you know, you only hear about, you know, the gay chorus boys, you know, that's all that people really think about when it comes to LGBTQ plus members in theater. Um, So I think it served as a reminder that, hey, there are trans actors and, you know, what are we doing to sort of help them and help them get parts? Um, Now, listen, I don't have every single name or organization that supports them, but what I can offer and say is this. Keep talking. Change only happens if actions continue to happen themselves, even at the smallest levels. You know, you could email your local or regional theaters and ask them if they have a truly open casting policy. Um, You can uplift trans actors and make them more visible, you know, share, you know, if they post something of themselves singing or something, you know, you can share it to your story, something like that. Um, I have also heard, um, I don't know, I would hope, and I'm assuming that these organizations and stuff are credible and they do actual good. Um, but if anyone knows anything else, you know, please let me know. But I have heard of the National Center for Transgender Equality, along with Project Am I Right and Trans Lab. They are, you know, organizations. I believe National Center for Transgender Equality is, um, you know, just about, you know, general, you know, trans rights and, you know, helping um, people who are trans. I believe Project Am I Right and Trans Lab are specifically for trans actors in theater and um, in film. So, you know, I'm, there are definitely, you know, if you, I'm sure that there are other groups and organizations that support trans people in theater and in everyday life. If you go onto Google and you just do a little bit of research, um, And again, you know, my Instagram is an opera ghost. So, you know, if you have any other resources, you know, please feel free to let me know and I will try to post them somewhere um, for those who need them. Um, You know, so to sort of, I guess, wrap this up, at the end of the day, gay, trans, non-binary, etc., all of these communities, they simply want to live their lives peacefully and, you know, have the same rights and opportunities as everyone else. You know, and that's why I think that this is a big deal because, you know, trans actors, they're not asking, you know, to be cast, you know, for special treatment or anything like that. They they just want to go into an audition room and know that they have the same chance as, you know, the straight white woman or, you know, the straight man, whatever, you know. Um, now, I don't know if we're ever going to achieve, you know, all the peace and, you know, everyone having the same rights and opportunities. I don't know if we're ever going to achieve that altogether in my lifetime, at least. But in a place like theater that has long been thought of as being, you know, an open community, a loving community for, you know, people who are gay, part of the LGBTQ plus community, I think that the big producers, the big directors, the agents, etc., they have to start to realize that what you know, what, first of all, what their actions and words carry, but also they have to realize, I think, what era they're living in, (laughs) um, and that theater, 
you know, it's going to continue to evolve with or without them. So they should just sort of hop on board and just be open and inclusive and all that. And finally, before I go, I want to say this, regardless of Karen McIntosh or anything else that we mentioned, literally, literally any other issue, I want to say personally that my social media accounts, you know, they are a safe space for people of every color, ethnicity, sexual orientation, etc., whatever you are. I myself am not a perfect person. I make mistakes all the time, but I try to be a decent person and lead with my heart and with common sense. And I truly, you know, as a person, it can sometimes, you know, be hard to judge someone on who they are versus, you know, how they look or whatever, because that's just how our brains as humans are wired. But I truly try to judge someone based on how they are as a human, because I think that's only fair, you know? I wouldn't want someone to judge me just based on how I look because I got to tell you, sometimes I leave the house and I look like I've been run over by a truck. Um, So, you know, I try to judge people based on how they are as a human. Um, And, you know, to the trans community in theater in general, I want you to know that I support you. I recognize that I have privilege in that I do not know the struggles that trans people face, but first of all, I wish you didn't have to face them. I wish that society was different, but all that I can say is that I am here to listen, support in the ways I can, and just to be a friend, to be someone that, you know, if you really needed it, you could, you know, come and, you know, on my social media or in something, and, and, you know, you could message me and you could say, hey, you know, I'm having a really crappy day because of something this transphobe said. And I'll be like, yes, tell me, like, I'm here. Um, Because sometimes, you know, being trans or, you know, being different in any sort of way is hard. And sometimes you just need someone to vent and to listen to. And so even if it's a total stranger, if I can be that person, I'm more than happy to do that Um, because having someone to vent and someone to listen to your problems can sometimes be, you know, the difference in a lot. Um, And, you know, I just have to say, please keep auditioning and pushing for what you all deserve and just continue to live your best unapologetic self. And, you know, I know that the world is you know, not nice a lot of the times, especially to people in the LGBTQ plus community, but live your best and happy lives as best as you can. Um, And I love all of you so much. And, you know, I'm I'm very, I'm very proud um, that, you know, because I have friends who are in the LGBTQ plus community. And, you know, they can be, you know, so open and amazing and happy in their lives, but then, you know, they come across some people who are not very nice to them, and I see what it can do to them. So, you know, and I'm very proud that, you know, they can get up every day and, you know, just continue to be themselves. So, to anyone who is 
trans, gay, lesbian, you know, whatever you are, I'm very, I'm very proud of you and I love you and I am here to listen whenever you might need it. So that was what I had to say for this week. Um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, people in big positions, whether it's theater or whatever kind of, um, career it is, I hope that more people start to open their eyes and realize, hey, you know, gays, trans people, you know, etc. they're not going away. They're here to stay. So, you know, either get on board or get off. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope that you uh, got something out of this. I hope that, you know, it's uh, opened, open your mind. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but thank you for listening. And as always, I send you all my love. Bye. Bye.